a blast from the past. While I hold my ear on my transistor radio and listen to Demand Radio 79. Hmm. Why do the songs we heard as a teenager sound so much sweeter than anything we listen to as an adult? Hello everyone, Sydney St. James with you with an exciting episode for Season 2 and Episode 8. I'm happy here now to report that my own failures of discernment as a music critic may not be entirely to blame. In recent years, psychologists and neuroscientists have done plenty of research and have confirmed that the songs from way back in hold disproportionate power over our emotions. And researchers, hmm, they've uncovered evidence that suggests that our brains bind us to the music we heard as teenagers more tightly than anything we'll ever hear as adults. A connection that doesn't weaken as we age. Musical nostalgia, in other words, isn't just a cultural phenomenon. It's a neuronic command. And no matter how sophisticated our tastes might otherwise grow to be, our brains, they may stay jammed with those songs that we obsessed over during the high drama, (laughs) during the ages of, say, 10 to 21, there's hardly a week or two that go by where I don't click on the radio and I turn it and all of a sudden there out pops a song from 1963. Now you tell me, I can't really remember much what happened in 1963, but I can tell you one thing, as soon as that song comes on, I look over at my wife and I say, Hey, hun, that was the first girl I ever kissed. Or that was the first girl I ever danced with. And whoever the girl might have been. It is amazing how those oldies but goodies have a way with our emotions and our mind. But memories are meaningless without emotion. And aside from love and drugs, nothing spurs an emotional reaction like good old music. Many research studies show that our favorite songs stimulate our brain's pleasure circuit. And that releases an influx of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and other neurochemicals that make us feel good. Hmm. A lot of big words, right? (laughs) The more we like a song, the more we get treated to neurochemical bliss. It floods our brains with some of the same neurotransmitters that, believe it or not, cocaine chases after. Music lights the sparks of neuroactivity in everyone. But when we were young, and we all were once young, right? The sparks, they turned into a fireworks show, 
didn't they? Between the ages of 10 and 22, our brains underwent a rapid neurological development and the music we loved during that decade seems to get wired in to all those lobes for the rest of our lives. When we make neural connections to a song, we also create a strong memory trace that becomes laden with heightened emotion. Thanks partly to a surplus of youthful <laughs> growth hormones. These hormones tell our brains that everything is incredibly important, especially the songs that form the soundtrack to our teenage dreams. And now, walk along with me as we jump on that soundtrack from our teenage years and hear what happened to me in 1959. As I mentioned at the beginning of my podcast, I was talking about Demand Radio 79. Of course, it was an AM station, and it was out of Houston. And my dad had bought me for Christmas one year an old wooden transistor radio. And I listened to it. And I laid my ear on that radio at night and just listened to those wonderful songs. And, you know, I remembered how I got my first kiss. Well, let me back up just a second. 1959. I wasn't at a kissable age, you might say. However, I went over to Pam's house. Now, Pam lived about three or four blocks away from my house. And she and I, both of us no older than 10 years of age, decided to build up our nerve and thought it would really be cool if we kiss each other. Well, we came up with this plan. We started at our front doorsteps. We ran around the house and we met up in the back. And when we did, we hugged and we kissed. And then I ran back home. <laughs> I was in heaven. And when I got at home, I turned on my transistor radio. And this song here was playing. On your wedding day, and I'll hear you promise to love and obey, though you may forget. Yes, that's right. A song by Eddie Fisher, still locked in the archives of my mind. I'm walking behind you. Let's turn the hands of time up two years later. Here I am. I'm talking to my dad. I'm not but what, 11 or 12 years old? And I had picked out this girl that I would like to go with me to my 11th birthday party. We were going to go to a little cafe known as Epps Cafe. Well, Jeanette came over, hopped in my dad's car, and she and I were chaperoned down to the cafe for my birthday supper. It was the first date I ever had 
but my parents were chaperoned. But still, at that time, my memories tell me it was an exciting date. Well, I got up that day, and my mother was sitting there with me. And I knew that my mother's most favorite song in the whole wide world was sitting over there on the jukebox. So my dad gave me a nickel and let me go over to the jukebox and I pressed A15. That's right. A song by Patty Page. A song called Allegheny Moon. So shine, shine, shine on Allegheny Moon. Your silver beams can lead the way to golden dreams. So shine, shine. You see, I probably wouldn't think about Allegheny Moon by Patti Page unless it came on the radio or is played on an old jukebox. But when that song plays, I will always remember dropping that nickel in the jukebox and looking back and smiling at my first date I ever had. Well, two more years passed by. It's 1963, and I'm just now really learning how to dance, slowly but surely. You see, our small town of Eagle Lake had a community center, and over against the wall was a 45 RPM record player in the corner of the room. And the women of the Baptist church chaperoned the dance just to make sure the boys and girls were straight up with one another, so to speak. Well, this is the place that I learned how to dance. All the boys stood on one side of the room and all the girls stood on the side of the room where the 45 RPM record was. Well, there she came in the door. I can tell you her first name was Cindy and she was from Deer Park, Texas. Yes, that's right. And her grandmother worked for my dad. Well, she was there for the summer to visit grandma. She didn't know anybody, but she was from the big town of Houston or Deer Park, so so to speak, right? So this song came on the radio, and I'll, I'll show it to you in just a moment. And she got out on that wooden dance floor, and she started walking slowly across the dance floor. All the girls watched her. And all the guys stood there, frozen, beads of sweat on their forehead. She was coming to ask somebody to dance. Who was she going to ask to dance? Well, I'm sure that you're answering the same question that I'll give you the answer to. Yes. No doubt we were all nervous. We were nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Well... She got all the way across the room and she asked me to dance. I've never danced before. Her eyes looked into mine and I was in immediate love. 
I, I knew right then, after that dance, that I would make her my wife one day. I can tell you now that never happened. But in that summer, when she came to my hometown, this next song would play, and it was our song. And this great love song from Japan, a song called Sukiyaki, played on the 45 RPM record player and still holds a place in my memory. And if there was ever any doubt, Cindy went on for four years in high school in Deer Park and won the title of Most Beautiful for Miss Deer Park. Now, let's move around to the next year. It's 1964, and there is a song that is locked in my memory archives, and it will remain there forever. This was a very big year. I was in our history teacher's classroom. A new band from England just came over, and they were televised on the Frank Sullivan Show on many of our black and white televisions. They had hair that hung over their ears. Imagine that, right? And then they started playing this song, that drove all the girl classmates wild. That's right. I'll never forget the time and place when this song first hit the airways. Okay, let me turn on my time machine as we progress one year later. It's the summer. I went to John Knox Presbytery Church Camp. I met this girl from Pleasanton, Texas, and we held hands every single day and sat with each other 
at all of our campouts around the campfire. We also listen to a song together on the radio that we love both. I mean, we, it meant so much to her, and it meant so much to me. I also will not forget my parents driving up 10 days later and picking me up. And then, without a driver's license for the next two years, never once did I make a connection and reconnect with the girl I was sure was going to be my wife for the rest of my life. When I left that day, I was sure I was in love. But it has a happy ending. Fifty years later, I was messing around on Facebook, just finding out where all my friends were, and all of a sudden, sure enough, I found her. That's right. I Got You, Babe was our song. And it played on the radio when we were driving out of the church camp for me to go home. And to this very day, this song holds a place in the archives of my memory. Now let's move along to the school year of 1965. I went over to Columbus and lo and behold, I got my first driver's license and I could drive the car and not be chaperoned anymore. Well, I was very nervous, but I asked this young lady if she would go to the prom with me and she said yes. Oh, was I nervous. I went out. I first found the flowers down at the flower shop, and my mom was good friends with the owner of the flower shop, so she made something real special for me. And I took those and parked out in front of the house, and if I'm not mistaken, it was, I believe, over on Center Street somewhere. I stopped, I got out of my car, and I looked up at her front door. I bet it took me 15 minutes to walk up to that front door, but I did, and, well, she jumped in the car with me, and we were off. We were free. Well, we went to the prom. Prom was over. And then we drove out to Senior Bridge. And we stopped on the Senior Bridge. Now, Senior Bridge was a bridge, just a plain old little small bridge that crossed over a rice field canal. But everybody in our high school would go out and paint their year that they were graduating on it's called Senior Bridge. Well, at that time, that was the first real date I'd ever had. So I remember 
the song on the AM radio in my car was tuned to a radio station out of San Antonio. It was called KTSA Radio or Radio 55. And this song was playing. So we opened the doors, turned the radio up real loud, and walked out in the middle of the bridge. And the big moon was full that night. I remember that night so well. And we danced to this slow song to end a great date for the first date of my lifetime. The house of the rising sun. Oh, those were the good old days. Yet, they came to an abrupt stop one year later. And I have to ask you something right now, because when we were young, it seemed like all the guys, not necessarily the girls, but there always was a statement made. Do we really like each other? We would say to the girl. I mean, if we really like each other, I think we ought to go see other girls or and you ought to go see other guys to make sure that we are truly the ones for one another. So you break up and somebody's heart gets really broken and then somebody gets very upset. Well, stupid me, stupid me. I did exactly that. I said we should see other people. You've heard everyone say this before growing up, if your memory is as good as mine. But after one year, this song stuck in my head over and over as I tried to say, I was sorry. So, this song was on the radio and I listened to it over and over trying to find the right words, the right thing to say, trying to make an apology and say I was wrong. But my apology was never accepted. But to this very day, this song still has a spot in the archives of my memories and that last dance on Senior Bridge.
are so many songs that still have a place in my memories, and I could go on and on. But let's move along to our very next stop. That's 10 years later, and the phone call that has lasted forever in my memory. My girlfriend at the time was by far the woman that stole my heart. But stupid, stupid me wouldn't commit. So she up and left town and went to New Orleans, Louisiana. Well, life went on with lots of letters mailed back and forth. And then in July 1976, one year after she was gone, my phone rings. It's her. My future wife, the one who is still my wife to this very day, she called from Slidell, Louisiana. She told me she was listening to this song right here and wanted to come home. She wondered if there would be open arms waiting for her. I said yes. That's right. And now, 46 years later, every single time this song comes on the radio, I can hear the telephone ringing. And so can she. Any song by John Denver. Well, I could go on and on about where all the different places in my mind are, about all these great oldies but goodies. But I'd like to leave this podcast today, and I'd like to leave it on a very high note. The year was 1995. It was the decade of the 90s. And I had moved to Austin, Texas and bought myself a DJ system. It played 45 RPM records. And then I bought another system that played CDs and another system that bought CDs. And we were called the Cool 99 Radio Oldies Roadshow. Well, the reason I'm talking about this is because this is where I guess I got my claim of fame. 
I was voted as the number one mobile DJ in Central Texas. I played for a group known as Cars for Kids, the Dallas Cowboys inauguration at St. Edward's training camp, and the Austin Fat Stock Show and Rodeo, and I'll never forget the walk of life on the Capitol steps where when I started playing a song, and of course that event, one song rings a bell in my memory, and it always will. They asked me, this is uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson's daughter, and as, my, uh, as far as others, they'd asked me that we had to get the whole crowd. Look, I looked out off the Capitol steps, and there wasn't one empty space across the entire grounds. They said, play a song that will get everybody warmed up to do the walk of life. So I stepped up to my microphone and I put on the song and it was the YMCA. And can you imagine the people all played along with it and all put their hands in the air and they all spelled YMCA. The entire Capitol grounds was rocking. Boy, was that a great day. But that's not my ending story. Now, this is the honest-to-goodness truth. One of the places that I really enjoyed playing for the radio station was down on 6th Street. It was called the Pecan Street Festival. And I guess you could say that I had a pretty good crowd going and everything, but this was the day that Johnny D and the Rocket 88s were going to perform on stage. So... I was back in this little trailer because it was hot out there on 6th Street and I was cooled off with Johnny D and the rest of the gang. And they were all sitting back there and we were all drinking beer. We weren't feeling any pain and we were feeling good. But Johnny D had his feet kicked up on the couch and he looked over at me and said, Sidney, look out that window right here. And there was a little window on the trailer and you could look out. So I pulled the curtains back to the side and I looked out. There were people walking in every direction, but just totally at random. He says, I don't like to go out unless the crowd is pumped, unless the crowd is ready. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch out this window. And when I give you the sign, that means you've done what we need you to do and we'll come out and play. Well, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Of course, I was this great DJ, right? And we had thousands upon thousands of people in downtown Austin, Texas, walking up and down the streets of Pecan Street Festival. And I walked up to my DJ booth, and I thought about the song, and I said, I know what I'll do. So I put this song on right here. And ladies and gentlemen, by the time this song finished, I had the entire street was full, all the way as far as I could see towards the Capitol. And they were all shouting with me. Just take those
Put your hands in the air. My Lord, that entire street, we had people climbing light poles out on the street, on 6th Street. I mean to say, people were behind me, in front of me, on the side of me, and I looked back at this little trailer where Johnny D was, the curtain was spread apart, and his face was up in the window, holding his thumb up with the biggest grin. And after the song was over, I invited Johnny D and the Rocket 88s out on the stage. And the reason I remember this song so well was not only the crowd, it was the first year the Texas Lottery was ever done. So, I hope you enjoyed this great blast from the past. For me, yours truly, Sydney St. James. And there's a lot more to come down the line in 2022. And if there's anything that you ever want me to talk about, please be sure to leave me a message or send me an email or whatever it might be. And let's make 100,000 listeners by the year, end of the year. Be sure to tell your friends. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to reach up to the top and click on follow. So now, put your hands in the air. I gotta go now. We'll let Bob Seeger and his Silver Bullet Band finish it out. Thanks for listening to episode eight of the Sydney St. James Show. That does it for another episode on the Sydney St. James Show. I want to thank everyone for listening and everyone for dropping by today. Also, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the follow button. Leave a short review with maybe, hmm, kind words. And tell your friends about the Sydney St. James Show and share the, share the show with anyone that you think might like the show. The more, the merrier, and maybe by the end of this year, our goal is to have 100,000 listeners for the Sydney St. James Show, and I want you part of that listening group. Until the next great episode from the Sydney St. James Show, again, thank you very much from me, Sydney St. James. <laughs>